the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ has coexisted with God since the beginning. Therefore, everything we think, say, and do is to be rooted and grounded in Him because in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. As we consider our celebration of Christmas, let's ask ourselves these questions. Do the gifts we have glorify God? Do they remind us of the one whom we are or should be celebrating? Is He our focal point on Christmas Day and every day? Are we witnesses for Christ in our giving, thereby drawing others to Him? Christ is to be the only object of our celebration and giving. And we look at John and those Gospels, you see the accounts uh, of the crucifixion of the crucifixion fulfilling this prophecy way back that the psalmist prophesied in Psalms 22. I love that last, the last few words of verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. When the last time you prayed a prayer like that? Lord, keep close to me. This is, this is a messianic prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Another messianic prophecy is also found about his sufferings. It's found in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. This is a message you got to think through. You got to hang with me and you got to get into it. You know, the, the scriptures is exciting and it's explosive. And God wants to teach you something if you don't close your spirit to what God wants you to know. Here's another passage on the sufferings of Christ. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. When you find it, say amen. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Healed. By his stripes, we are what? Now, you know, a lot of folk quote that when they want a a physical healing. Let me just give you a doctor. You hear people saying it. Don't try to correct everybody when you hear things that are not right. Give them room to grow. Okay. once you learn better, that was a time I didn't know better. That was a time you didn't know better. And when you hear people saying something, uh, they mean well, but they just get theologically mixed up. But bear with them because love is patient. Amen. We all we often hear people say uh, when somebody gets sick, they pray over. Well, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, you hear them say by his stripes, we are healed and try to associate that healing with his stripes. But that's really out of context. You know, because it was it, it was it was by the stripes. You know how they rivet the, the, the stripes striking him. Y'all seen the Passion of Christ? How ripping out his flesh, the stripes that was afflicted upon our Lord, brought about a spiritual healing, a spiritual healing that we would be healed spiritually, saved spiritually, 
redeemed spiritually. Those stripes have redemptive implications. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to teach something. It has redemptive implications. Now, when you get healed spiritually, some physical things will get cleaned up. (laughs) Some Some folk are sick because physically, because they are spiritually sick. And spiritual sickness can bring about physical illness. You understand what I'm saying? Are are y'all hanging with me? And so we said by his stripes, we are healed. It's talking about Jesus lacerations that, that occurred to him that was put upon him when they were beating him. They beat Jesus down. The savior of the world, the king of the universe, they beat him down. A travesty of injustice. But because he was struck, we who trust Jesus Christ alone would be healed of our spiritual uh, sins and spiritual diseases and, 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 and redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's dealing with redemptive stripes for a spiritual healing of of God bringing man back to himself. Uh, uh, This, this, this is very important. This prophecy emphasizes also, listen at this closely now, this prophecy emphasizes the substitutionary death of Christ. Say substitution. This prophecy emphasizes the one I just read, uh, Isaiah 53, four through five, the substitutionary death of Christ. He suffered to procure, which means to obtain our peace with God. Now you say, why is this? A, why do you call this the substitutionary passage here? Uh, it, it, you know, when you say substitutionary death of Christ, you know, it, it, it means that Jesus died in our place. You know, that was a time before I started teaching in a permanent teaching role. I was a substitute teacher. And a substitute teacher took, takes the place of the teacher and functions in that teacher's, teacher's role. I was in there, but now that wasn't my place. I had to give that up because I was only there, you know, to, to what? Substitute, right? Well, Jesus is our divine substitute. And he did what no man else could do. No, no other man could do. He died in our place. And you know what this is called uh, to me, the substitutionary passage. I love it because five times in verses four and five of Isaiah 53, you, you see the word our. Now, if you got your Bibles, why don't you underline it? Underline it. Let's go back and look at it again. Y'all hanging with me? Come on. Y'all hanging with me? This is Maranatha Bible Church. Now, look. Surely he has borne our, that's one, what, griefs, not his griefs, our, and carry what? Our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for what? Our transgressions. He was bruised for what? Not his sins. He had no sins. Uh, Our, in our place, the chastisement for who? Who's? Our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Our, 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 our. our that's, that's exciting. That Jesus did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for your child. He did it for the worst of sinners. The worst of sinners. If ever, we ought to be a glad people. Well, getting a new car not make us glad. 
You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, that, that's not the ultimate gladness. What are, you ought to get glad before you get a car. You ought to be glad before you can buy something new. You ought, if you don't get a gift, you ought to still be glad because you got Jesus. And when you got Jesus, he's enough. How many of y'all know he's enough? He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to say something big here. I really believe we would enjoy Christmas more if we just got satisfied with what God has given us and not be ripping and running, trying to get this and that to please folk that don't like us anyhow or going to forget about what we did the next day. I bet we have a nice Christmas if we can just go somewhere in the woods and get in a log cabin. Just us and our families and have our own little food, our own little cabin, our own little time. And all during the Christmas season, it's going to be the word us and we're just going to join. We're not going to get, we're not worried about the trees. We're not worried about lights. We're not worried about Santa. We're not worried about mazes. We're not worried about dealers. We're just going to get somewhere, enjoy Jesus, enjoy the essence of our family. And stop killing ourselves for a sale. Black Friday. Now they got a Monday. What's that Monday called? They created all these days. Y'all run. Oh, Cyber Monday. That was time you know what a Cyber Monday was. And you get all hyped up. Now you wait. You go from Black Friday to Cyber Monday. Next year it's going to be what? Who knows? Whatever it is, you're going to be in on it. <laughs> Our death. Oh, this is just, oh, God, help me. Jesus died to fulfill prophecy that spoke of his death. Jesus fulfilled prophecies that spoke of his death. Isaiah 53, 12 B. Isaiah 53, 12 B. It says, because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sins of many. Huh? And made intercession for the transgressors. How do he make intercession? How did he make intercession? Intercession? Uh, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they what. And he was doing that for those who were uh, who, who were sinning against him. Tra- they were transgressors. And he, Father, forgive them. Christ died that we might live if we would only trust Jesus Christ alone by grace through faith. He died that we would live. If he had not come, had not died, we would not have life eternally. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S-N-T. What does that spell? Christ which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than the gifts of the Spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. Then Jesus spoke 
the prophecy spoke of Jesus' resurrection. There was prophecies concerning Jesus' resurrection. Uh, Jesus fulfilled prophecies that spoke of his resurrection. Psalm 16, 9 through 10. Psalms 16, chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. It says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Oh my God, that's, that's awesome. In other words, Jesus did not stay in that grave. We have hope beyond the grave because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have hope beyond the grave because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this year, a whole lot of us have lost loved ones or friends relatives or whomever. But when, when, when we go to funerals or memorial services or whatever we go to, we can realize that we can grieve, but not as if we have no hope because Jesus Christ took the sting uh, from death and victory from the grave. And we can rejoice in the, in the God who took away the sting of death. Number two, Jesus came to save lost humanity. So, so Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. Now we are, the big idea is that Jesus came to save lost humanity from sin. That's why he came. He came to save lost humanity from sin. Matthew one twenty one says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will what? Save his people from their sins. And let me tell you something. Jesus didn't come to save the environment. Now we we ought to we 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 ought to be good stewards of the environment. We ought to have, seek to have clean air. You know, you know, I don't care nothing about these folk with global warming and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not getting into all of that. God controls everything. Amen. God controls everything. So I think I think we ought to be good stewards over it, but we ought not become fanatics. We ought not abuse God's creation. We ought to appreciate what God has blessed us with for his glory and our good. But Jesus didn't come to save the environment. Jesus didn't come to save endangered species. You know, a lot of folks save the whale, save the cuckoo bird, save the nutcracker, save, just save the fly, save, save the whale, save Shamu, save the deer. All those deer out in our neighborhood. I said, look at all them bambies. Where's my gun? Deer everywhere. I said, where's my, I mean, that's deer meat. Somebody talking about don't, don't, no, we, what would you call that? We don't believe in killing animals. I said, you'd have died uh, 50, 100 years ago. You didn't hunt. You didn't eat. You didn't go fishing. You didn't raise crop. with no H-E-Bs and Walmarts. Amen. You went out there and you shot that rabbit. You shot that squirrel. How you, how you quails and all those things. And you ate. That's right. Won't y'all say amen? It wasn't freezers. You had smokehouses. Anybody know about smokehouses? You cured that meat and sold it down, put it out there in that smokehouse. It wasn't no uh, proof house. It was just a little tin shack. But they, they fixed that meat, grandma, a certain kind of way, and you ate good. And that meat was good. Wasn't no freezers. Wasn't freezers? Wasn't no freezers? You did that. You went out of the, you went out of the house and got the eggs. Uh, and you got those eggs and you ate. 
You, you killed that pig too. Got you some ham. You, you ran that chicken down and you put them up, cleaned them out. Anybody, these young folk don't know about that. You clean up. You don't just, you put them up and work all the impurities out of them. Then you kill them. And then you clean, you clean them and pluck, pluck them and all that. Fry them and eat it. Some of people talking about, I can't eat that chicken. She, I just saw that chicken running around here. You, you died. <laughs> you died. We got pests today that would have been eaten yesterday. <laughs> save. Just save this. And save that. You know, just save, save everything. But you know what? But matter of fact, we want to save all that and won't save babies. Won't save everything and won't save babies. It's, you know, you better not mess with those eagles. You better not mess with the eagle, uh, eagle's egg. That egg you better not mess with. But we kill babies and don't think nothing of it. Don't kill nothing. Don't kill. We kill them and don't even. And, and, and kill babies to, to keep from being embarrassed. Mary had that baby, even though she she was willing to suffer embarrassment to have a baby that wasn't uh, that, that that a man didn't have a part of. How's she gonna tell the town community I'm pregnant and no no man have anything to do with it? There wasn't no in vitro fertilization and all that stuff back then. You know how they did stuff in dishes and they mixed the stuff up. It wasn't all that stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What none of that? She will go out in the neighborhood. Well, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant, and, and God did it. She got now. You know that's that, that's blasphemy. They, they 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 killed that girl. Yeah, they, they, they know, you know what they, they say? You lying? We never heard of that. Just say you see it. We're gonna stone you to death. You know, and yet they save all these other things. Save the air. Save everything. And then Jesus didn't come to overthrow the political system. Did not do that. You know, he could have overthrown the system of his day. Uh, but but he did not do that. And I'm a t- I preach the word, but my my premise I I am I am not going to get out this pulpit and run for anybody's office. That, amen. Now you that's you can do it. You say why don't he do more? Won't you do more? You go get in it. Amen. And if you be and if you stand for Jesus and don't lose your convictions as you run, we Amen. I I support you. I can't be all things to all people. Folk need saving. And you can't save folk through politics. Oh, God. You can't legislate hell out of folk. You can't legislate sin out of folk. You say, well, let's educate them. That's what they're doing in jail. They're educating them. But rehab doesn't bring about transformation. That's why they try to kick us out the jails. Because the devil knows we got the real source. Jesus, the gospel brings change. You come out a rehab devil. Yeah, man, you try, I got more education. I'm all right. No, you're not. You're just a more clever devil. If, you're not, if you don't get that tempered and transformed by the Holy Ghost, you're just a clever devil. See, we, we use all this, you can't, we use this secular stuff to accomplish a spiritual end. Oh, y'all hanging with me. I, I'm lost nobody. I'm getting cranked up now. 
He Jesus didn't come for the environment. He didn't come for endangered species. He species. He did not come for the, the to overthrow the political system. Jesus wasn't a Republican. He wasn't a Democrat. He wasn't whatever is out there. He came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. He will save. Say save. You will save me. Rescue. That's right. Delivered. You in a fire and I dash in that fire and drag you out there. You drowning and I jump in there. But don't depend on me to do it. I drown with you. I, don't go, I can't help you. I can't. I drown. I go there. We both going down. Get somebody. Don't get me. But I'm just, I'm really analogizing now. But jump in there and bring you out. You know, I, I have saved you. I've saved you. And you say, that's, that's rescue. That's self. And that's what Jesus did. He came to save sinners. Luke 19, 19, 10. Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to what? Save that which was lost. John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 129, I love this, the gospel of John 129 says, the next day, John saw Jesus. God, I'm about it. John, 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 John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. The Lamb of God. The sin. He came to save us from our sins. That's why we, everybody under my voice, I ought to know why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was born to save us from our sins. Number three, God sent Emmanuel because of his sacrificial love for mankind. God sent Emmanuel because of his what? Sacrificial love for mankind. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us with an unconditional love. If he did not, we'd all be in a whole bunch of trouble. There is, he loved us in spite of ourselves. He loved us with an unconditional love. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. Nothing you can do. He loves you as much as he can love you right now. I don't care how bad. You say, at my worst, he Yes. Now, that's hard for people to do. But God loves us at our best and at our worst. As a matter of fact, even when he chastens us, he chastens us in love. Even we go, even if some choose to go to hell, he'll love you to hell. You see that? He'll stop loving you. He, uh, he'll love you. He say, if you were so hell bent on rejecting me, I will love you enough to give you what you want. That's big. I'll love you enough to give you what you want. I'll give you what you asked for only for you to discover you didn't know what you were asking for. Oh, God, this is a, this is something in this message. Number four. God sent Jesus to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is powerful. God sent Jesus to what? 
redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. I I know it's on the screen, but please turn there. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law. You see, it was, uh, it was born under the law to redeem those who were what? Under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Say adoption. Underline that word. That's a beautiful word. Adoption. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. It, it, it is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. And that's a beautiful thing when you can have a couples who can't have children and they decide to adopt a child and choose a child and love a child like God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Adoption, or you may have children, but you just want to reach out and love another child. It's not that you can't have children. You just want another child to come in your family who would who would who needs a who needs parents and a loving environment adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family since we were all born a, a child of the devil the only way we can become God's children is through spiritual adoption all of us were born a child of the devil i don't care how cute that baby is that baby is still lost now if that they said what if my baby die died when it was a baby. She was a baby. That baby would automatically go to heaven because that baby was not able to make a rational decision to, to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. David at the, at the death of his baby said, um, uh, I, I, uh, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. You know, so babies and those uh, those who are mentally challenged and can't make those kinds of decisions, God has a special place in the arms of Jesus for them. Amen. Adoption is so beautiful. The Bible tells us that Christ is full of grace and truth, and we are the recipients whether we realize it or not. Without him, we would not exist. So as we plan our Christmas gatherings, let us remember to celebrate the one true God in Christ and Christ in God who gives us everything we need in this life. The Bible tells us that we live, move, and have our being in Him because we are His offspring. As the Word tells us, when we give, it will be given to us. Moreover, He is preparing us for eternity with Him. There's nothing comparable to that. As Pastor Rander concludes his message, think on these things. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.